Please remain seated. You are now entering the Nerd Bunker. Welcome to this week's episode of The Nerd Bunker. I'm Michael and I'm joined by Hayley. Hello! You keeping alright today, this week? Yeah, not bad. Um, we were listening to Christmas music today. Now, is that early or is that late? <laughs> no, um, I saw the snow and I just had a sudden, let it snow. So uh, Alexa cracked out a few Christmas songs and we had a bit of a dance in the uh, kitchen. <laughs> the lad will be expecting presents. No, I said, no, it's not December. We, we, it's just because it snowed. And that were it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think there's quite a few places had snow, isn't there? There's, they've had it quite bad in New York and that, I do believe. Yeah. Um, and Essex um, in England uh, has been quite bad. We, we only had a little flutter, to be honest, Um I don't know if it was any worse where you are. Um, it was just enough to make it awkward to get to work, but not enough to stop me from getting to work. Boo, no snow day. <laughs> no. Now, it looked pretty. I, I like snow to look at. Um, it's bright. It reflects the light. So it sort of, you know, instantly cheers you up. It makes everything look pretty. But as a driver, I know it's hell. <laughs> so I'm on the fence with the old snow. Anyway, we're British, we're talking about the weather, and that's a bit pants. <laughs> what have you been doing this week? What have you been playing, watching, buying, reading? What have I been buying? Well, <laughs> um, new uh, HD camera, which I am currently examining every grey hair upon my head <laughs> and my shiny forehead. Um <laughs> Because we are currently in discussions to launch ourselves upon Twitch. Da, da, da. Unleash ourselves upon the world. I know. Poor world. Poor world. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, viewing habits um, this week. Um, did another episode of My Secrets of Cinema um, on BBC iPlayer. And this week I looked at cult films. Cult films is a bit of a, I don't know, the genre is quite difficult to pin down because you you make a sci-fi film, you make a war film, you make a comedy film, but you don't make a cult film. And if you try to make a cult film, i.e. them bloody Sharknado films, they're not cult films. It is the audience that decides what a cult film is. So it can be something that's, you know, in bad taste, yeah. transgressive, ignored by the mainstream generally, um, or a film that is so bad it's good, but again, not purposefully made bad, so it's good. It's got to be the, you know, it's the viewers that are in charge. One of my favourite cult films is Rocky Horror, and it was a complete flop when they released it. Um, and it was only by fans going to see it, uh, showings in cinemas and getting dressed up, you know, like at Halloween. And then it had this resurgence and then it's like 
cool, even though it's been bad. I mean, I don't know, I don't think I can name any other films that can be described as a comedy horror musical. I don't know. Anybody want to challenge me on that? <laughs> comedy horror musical? Although, I might, sorry, I might just contradict myself there because when I was in um, Vegas, we went to see Evil Dead the musical. Yeah. Now, that was a bit of a comedy horror. <laughs> I was not aware they'd made, even made that. It was awful. It was genuinely really awful. And we were really poorly. Um, and we were, like, begging for it to end. And it was, like, half time. And we were like, oh, thank God, thank God. And it was only the interval. And they came back. <laughs> we were desperate to leave. And as soon as it ended, we literally ran out and went back to the hotel room and, like, collapsed in bed. It, it was a, it's a long story. It was a horrible holiday. We were really poorly, but, you know, I digress. But the Evil Dead musical made it all all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a highlight. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll show up on your Facebook memories of the wonderful time you had. No, oh, I don't know. The there was... Oh, God, what else did we see? There was the um, zombie burlesque. Now, that was really, really good. I can't remember what it was about. Zombies and burlesque. Yeah. <laughs> they were like half-naked zombies. Um, this sounds like really pervy. I, I don't mean it like that at all. Um, you know, like the difference between a burlesque show and a strip show, you know, there are clearly... There's a tiny tassel. <laughs> yeah, there are clearly some similarities, but the burlesque show is art. I would call it art. Um, so it was like zombie half-naked art. I think I'm digging myself into a hole here. I'm going to talk I'm, about something I'm, else. I'm intrigued. Oh. <laughs> Go on YouTube. I bet there's some clips. Um, zombie burlesque Vegas do it oh what else um, what other films did they have on cult films cult films um, Night of the Living Dead which is a horror um, again didn't do massively well that became quite culty and I think part of that was because considering how old it was um, oh, what's the name of the guy that did it now uh, George Romero that's the one. Um, the racial, social stereotype at the end, you know, they killed the black guy. Yeah. And he wasn't even a zombie. And it was like, oh, they just sort of left that there. And that, wh when was that made? That was like, was it the 70s? Yeah. I don't know, but it was like the first of its time. There were not a lot of films that were challenging those sorts of things. And it was just a horror film as well. And then they just slap that at the end. So that's been adopted as um, a cult film. Um, and for a film that I've not seen, but I have heard of, Howard the Duck. Do you know anything about this? Um, it's a George Lucas film. It is. Uh, Howard the Duck is a Marvel character. He is. Um, I'm sure he was created by... I can't remember the name of the bloke who created him, but he... There was a bit of a drug culture at Marvel at the time, I do believe. Okay. And that's kind of where he came from. Right. I can see that. I can. Uh, I'm not sure if it's at the same time as like Rocket Raccoon and all that. Oh, I don't. But the film was a total flop. Yeah. Um, and they spent millions on it. It was really expensive. They threw so much money at it. Yes. And it sounds like it hits all the, you know, Marvel... 
Lucasfilm, ding, 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 loads of money, and it was just a shocking flop. I've not actually seen it, so I can't even, you know, really comment on I'm it. I'm sure as well um, that Howard the Duck is in one of the new uh, Marvel films. I, okay. I could be wrong, but I can't remember. You know the bloke that's the collector of stuff? I'm not a big Marvel Universe fan, but he's got like these big glass cases and he's a collector of bits and pieces yeah 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 um i think that's one of the guardians of the galaxy films potentially yeah but how i'm sure howard the duck is inside one of them glass cases oh like a little nod yeah 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 um it's definitely a film that's on my list of stuff to watch now for it being so bad it has been i haven't seen it for years uh, adopted by uh, the cult fans and they also mentioned um Midsummer, which I actually watched, which I'll get to in a minute. And there were quite a few. Oh, God. The straight to video, video nasties, that's the word that I'm thinking of. Um, so that they could uh, bypass the BBFC um, film classification um, <laughs> and they could get away with more if it was being released on VHS because they didn't have to go through this process. Because a lot of banned films end up being cult films purely because they've been banned, you know, and people attach themselves. The Exorcist. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one film um, that I really thought they'd mention um, is a film called Peeping Tom. I don't know if you've heard of it at all. I'm not familiar with that one. I used to have it on DVD, but like all my DVDs, I lost them in the divorce. It is about this guy that is obsessed with fear and he starts uh, videotaping people that are scared. And this evolves into the sort of slightly cheesier side of the film. Um, he's got his video camera on a tripod and he turns one of the right. tripod legs into like a dagger a weapon at the end okay so he's murdering people <laughs> with his tripod and he's videoing it so that's where the sort of mildly naff idea culty thing comes in but it's actually a really good film um and it was banned for years and years i think in the early 2000s um they did like a special release there was some sort of special showing on channel 4 or something, but I did I did actually get it on DVD. But to hop back to um, Midsummer, Midsummer, um, I decided to watch it. I know I mentioned it uh, last week. I was a bit worried about watching a horror film that's set in the daylight because sometimes I'll watch a horror film in the daylight to make sure I'm not too scared and I can sleep at night. <laughs> I wouldn't actually describe it as a horror film. Um... There are a couple of horrible bits in it, potentially. Yeah. Um, you've not seen it, have you? No, no, I've not watched it yet. Okay, you've seen The Wicker Man. The original? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it's sort of a modern version of that, essentially. Right, yeah. Um, I, not, not to be a... I prefer the original, you know, but I do actually prefer The Wicker Man. Um... I wasn't disappointed in it. It was good. Um, I like the fact that they kept uh, sort of an air of realism to it. 
um, rather than a horror film where you see somebody's head getting bashed in and there's blood squirting everywhere and brain mass blodging everywhere and it's really dramatic. Um, all incidences like that were very quiet and realistic. Yeah. Um, so that helped. That was quite good. I always remember watching... Uh, it was Ewan McGregor. And, was it Shallow Grave? Oh, my God. I have not seen that film in ages. And I think there's the one scene where they're they're trying to bury him and they're knocking his teeth out. And you don't see anything. Mm. It's just the sound of the teeth being knocked out. It's just... It makes you cringe. It's like, oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Even though you don't... It might even be just silhouetted or something. Yeah, yeah. You just get the faintest glimpse and then the sound of the teeth being knocked out. And it's like... That's Christopher Eccleston, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm sure it's Ewan McGregor, Eccleston, and I don't know the woman's name now. No. Oh God, I've not seen that in years. Oh, that's going to have to go on my list. I need to rewatch that definitely. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so Midsummer, you've got a couple that were about to break up, um, and they don't for various reasons and they end up going off to Sweden with this Swedish friend um, and they find themselves in this little remote village and there was this really cool shot of when they were driving to the village and it's probably a drone camera and it's matching the speed of the car and as the car's moving forward this drone camera really slowly just starts to flip over and um, it goes all the way so that the sky is the floor and the road is, you know, the sky and there's trees on either side and it creates this really weird feeling like you are entering this, you know, upside down reality and it it, it just looks so cool. The, the tarmac... Yeah. Um, of the road becomes the sky and it, it just looks right but wrong. And I know it's quite it's quite hard to describe, but it's it was a really it's a really powerful scene, I thought, you know, um going in. But um a, a nice a nice transition. Yeah, yeah, that's the way of taking you from reality reality to this alternate. Yeah. Um and there's a couple there's a couple of uh interesting scenes oh, if you've seen it you know what i'm talking about um <laughs> but um, i'll let you watch it if you ever get around to it um but it's good it, it's it's worth watching um but i do think the wicker man is a bit better and that's kind of all the major stuff that i've watched this week um although re- referencing um last week's episode again Um, You were talking about the History of Lego um, animated short um, that's on on, uh, YouTube. Yes. Um, So I did actually watch that. And um, (laughs) when they're doing all the discussion bit in the beginning, you know, like you were telling me about, oh, they had this fire and they had that fire and this happened and that happened. And you've got the narrator and he's like, oh, all this has happened, all this tragedy. Can it get any worse? Well, it did. His wife died. <laughs> and I'm just watching it thinking, Christ. It was like so deadpan. It was like, it was almost trying to be funny. Oh, it's quite sad. It was, but the way this narrator bloke said it, can it get any worse? It did. She died. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And I was like, we're not laughing at her death. No, no. It was just the way that this narrator said it. Oh, Christ. I have been uh, at the old PlayStation 5. Um, but before I get to that, um, I've had a couple of adverts repeatedly thrown at me this week. Um, Total War, Warhammer, um, and a game called Valheim. It's a Viking survival game. Um, but they're both on Steam, so they're both just PC games, I'm presuming. Yes, I've never heard that Vikings one. Warhammer Total War. Probably with like the 40k, they did a Warhammer Fantasy version. Um, and I think this is just like a computerised program of it. Yeah. So you set up your regiments and have your battles that way. Okay. They they both looked really interesting. The adverts came on and I was like, ooh, you know, especially the Valheim one. I could get so sucked into Total War. Why Why is nothing on Mac? Why is it always PC? Um, you can play it on. Steam does work on Mac. Does yeah. it? I had Portal. Oh, because I went, I like clicked it and it said PC, but it didn't say Mac. I don't know if I were just being a bit dim or what. It's quite possible. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if every game works on Mac on Steam. I think it's a bit selective. Yeah. But yeah, the new Total Warhammer 3 does look good. But then so does um, Baldar's Gate. Mm, fair enough. That looks really good. Yeah. It's not on a platform I can play. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about that before. Is that a hole that you would fall down? Oh, I love the Baldar's Gate series, yeah. Uh, so what else have you been up to this week, then? No, not really. Don't tell me you've been working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been working. Of course I've been working. <laughs> watching what did i watch i watched a film called apostle that's ringing the bell somewhere in my head it's 2018 it's um oh, what's his name michael sheen yeah uh and it's basically this sort of story of this bloke in 1905 goes on this mission to rescue his sister who sort of got involved in this sinister religion and they live in this sort of cult isolated in an island i think it's off the coast of wales oh okay it's quite good again it's kind of a bit like you said with Midsummer, it's kind of a horror story that's not mm. horrific. There's a couple of parts that are a bit, ooh, but it's not it's not body horror or anything, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But that's kind of all I've watched, really. I've not had the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, reading, I'm still reading Dark Harvest from the Black Library. Uh, I only really read a chapter a night, so it takes a while. Yeah. What What is it actually about? What Dark Harvest. Uh, so... Mm. It's set in Warhammer's Age of Sigma world, which I'm not a huge fan of or know that much about. But it's the basically he's a hell sword or a cleric, and he's yeah. basically on hunting down someone. Okay. There's some little interesting bits I've pulled out for future D and D games that you're not going to find out about. Oh, so you can't tell me. <laughs> because you're going to no, kill me no. with it. Actually, one bit you will be doing on Wednesday. <laughs> Oh, God. No, it's a nice bit. You can't kill me again as soon as you killed me the other week. Still listening to The Wheel of Time. I mean, that audio book was nearly 60 hours. Is that, did you tell me, is that in preparation for a game you're playing? Uh, yeah, I'm playing a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition uh, conversion of it. So there's very limited magic. Yeah. Have you ever read The Wheel of Time? No, no. Um the reason I asked is because I saw somebody playing a, a game on Roll20, but it's, a, it's quite a long time ago. 
Um, and I'm sure that was called The Wheel of Time or something, but it, it wasn't like a D&D game. Um, it was an intrigue game. I, I don't really know what it is. I think back in the early 2000s, Wizards of the Coast did an official Wheel of Time game, mm. but I don't think they've got that license anymore. So somebody just sort of converted the rules into 5th edition, oh, okay. and that lets us play it that way. But because it's, there's only the women that can cast the magic, yeah. so there's not a lot of magic in the system. I, I like I like low magic fantasy, so D&D can be a bit superhero sometimes. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm listening to book four of that still. Uh, play-wise, I've just played two D&D games. Yeah. And a, about an hour of uh, Vermintide. Cool. What's Vermintide again? Tell me, because I keep... Ver- Vermintide is it's Warhammer fantasy, but it's a real hack and slash um, adventure. Right, okay. Other than that, I played some Bendy and the Ink Machine. Bendy and the Ink Machine. <laughs> We're having a conversation about Skyrim again today. I just long for a new Skyrim game, and it's not coming from anywhere. I never got into that. I don't understand how, because it's like... Did you ever play it, or was it just not a... I I, I loved I loved Fallout. Fallout 4. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never actually played that. And when I sort of got the end of that, I was like, no, let's, let's give Skyrim a go. It's it's bethesda it's the same people we'll give it a bash i played it and it was all right but it just it just didn't click with me the way that fallout did but it's dragons and fantasy and swords and magic and things i know i I don't know why (laughs) i really miss playing it and i have like replayed it you know in recentish times but i just i cannot be bothered with doing um, the missions, you know, the old missions at the beginning over and over again. And there's all sorts of mods you can download. That's how I ended up. I think I put this mod on that had this secret hatch by the gate okay. and then you drop into this room and it's just got, like, every weapon in the game. Oh, God. Oh, cheat, cheat, cheat. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. And then you just drop down that whole spring out and you're, like, fully armoured. <laughs> And you just like bring it on, but then it loses its fun. Yeah, yeah. I I started playing um, Ark Survivor, um, and I really enjoyed it to begin with. Um, it's like a survival game, like no other that I've ever played. You literally start the game with nothing on your hands and knees. It doesn't tell you how to do anything, and if it's dark you're fucked because everything's coming for you and you can't see nothing. So after a lot of faffing, I got into it and I really enjoyed playing it. Yeah. Um, but because you play with other people online, um, they interfere with you. <laughs> um, not interfere with you, um, but interfere with how you're playing. Um, and people were like being nice to me, which is probably a bit of a rarity rather than just shooting you in the face. But they were too helpful. <laughs> and like going into a secret room with all the weapons already there, it was like, oh, here, have these bricks. Here, have this washing machine. And I'm still building me wooden up. And it's like, you've totally spoiled it for me now. And I had to stop playing it because yeah. I didn't go through that progression on my own so i've been there off do you ever think that games nowadays are too dependent 
with online and online servers because i've still got surprise surprise all my like old playstation one games and i can still play them all yeah yeah i've got playstation 4 games that uh they've shut down the servers and now i can't play them yeah um and it's just like i really enjoyed that game but yeah so many games are now dependent with online servers and if ea stop supporting it i can't play it and i find that really annoying yeah um one of my other friends um i think it's is it called sing star it's some sort of a karaoke game um and they really like playing it um but they've stopped supporting the game so most of it doesn't work anymore or something and it's like you know you you've bought something and now they don't support it and now you can't play it anymore or can't play it properly or whatever um and it is quite frustrating but then all, all these companies are bothered about is taking your money out don't they in it um i mean is it ea well, no, i mean when you when you've lumped out 30 40 quid on a game or something and you're like oh, i just want to have a little I don't know. Maybe it's just me being retro. It's like I like to, I like to break out the old games now yeah. and again. No, I, I get it. It's just like you can't. Yeah, I think. Yeah, the majority of people probably lean towards what I do more than what you do. You know, sell everything and move on <laughs> rather than keeping everything. <laughs> you know, um. So I'd say there's probably more people like me. So that occurrence doesn't happen you know when i had my gamecube i've not still got that sat somewhere with my gamecube discs you know but i think the 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 monetization side of it um and keeping things updated um it was was the ea that have now got this um uh, reputation as just basically being money grabbing was it a star wars game and you could basically just buy your way through the game battlefront yeah, I mean, that was too far. Basically, it was a pay to win. Yeah, they went too far in that direction and the, the fans were like, no, fuck you. What, what, whereas it takes the fun away. A bit a bit like, you know, when we were talking about cheating, you know, and I was a naughty, naughty cheater when I was a child and I'd cheat at every game. If Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed, listeners. She still is. <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> um yeah i was a dirty cheat because i always wanted to win and now it's like i physically can't cheat because the the glory of winning is tainted um so buying your way through a game um even like silly games on your phone you know chuffing candy crush or whatever and it's like oh buy some extra lives for two pound oh buy these special gems for ten pound it's like you just paying to play this thing yeah and that's surely not where your enjoyment lies so but yeah the the whole online thing is it can they make the games better if there's more online stuff because it can be updated more quickly um or is it purely about keeping you on your toes so you've got to spend more money i'm not sure i don't know i I think it maybe the way the market's mm. gone um you look at all the popular games um call of duty um battlefront fortnite they're all yeah. mass multiplayer combat games yeah i forget what all them little letters stand for you know m m o e r p g m m m m m it's 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 about playing with a community and that and it's great if you've got 
that many mates and you can go on a after work and play it but they're not that great yeah. if it's just like me yeah. when you're on your toddy. Well, most, I don't know, have, have most people, in inverted commas, got loads of mates that they play online with? I shouldn't, I shouldn't think so. I don't know, most of the ones I work with do. Oh, do they? Oh, it's just us. They all work together and then they get home and then they'll load up. Do they? Call of Duty or whatever it is and <laughs> spend all night <laughs> shooting people over that. No. Well, isn't there, I read some sort of a news story recently. I did I think it was Call of Duty Battlefront or something. Um, and there's some problem because it's too easy to cheat or there's hacks or something and there's proper competitions that people are trying to play. Um, but because it's so easy to hack it, all these competitions are basically like null and void or something. I definitely read that this week somewhere. I'm sure I did. Um but, I mean, we've we've talked about that before, like, you know, I finished Red Dead 2, wanted to stay in the zone, um, started playing the online one, and it's shit, because wankers just kill you left, right and centre. It's like, I, I want to carry on enjoying the game, and I don't mind doing a bit of co-op and playing with some randomers to do a mission, but if you're just going to shoot me in the face, it's not fun. No. I don't, I don't see where the fun is in that, but I'm old, so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, these bloody youngins, did you shoot you first? I don't like it. You just, you just need to shoot them first. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I can't. I'm too slow. Oh, me, uh, my little boy plays Astro, which is this free game on the PlayStation 5. And he's, oh God, he's too good at it, really. Um, and you have to aim this uh, bow and arrow um, at these baddies. And I, I take ages trying to line it up. Because I just can't ever seem to get it right. And he's just like, dink, bang, and it's done. And I'm like, how can you do that? And I can't. <laughs> I'm not quick enough. I, I had that when I used to play a, one of the earlier Call of Duties. Um, my TV was a cheap, shitty old thing. Yeah. And it just, you know that the kid would be playing it in full HD. Yeah. And it just looked wonderful. And I'm like, I can't even see it. I've still got screen burn where the old one was. <laughs> Jesus. It's just like, nah, I think I need a new TV. Oh, but, um, yeah, keeping with the uh, PS5, um, I have started playing Cyberpunk. Um, I've had issues and thoughts over it in the uh, past few weeks, but um, I have been playing it. Um, can't say I'm really blown away, you know. Um, it's good. I'm not going to knock it. Um, it's very... Um, visually interesting um not in a, not in the way that you know red dead 2 is you know you stood on the mountain and you can see all this gorgeous countryside um but the the cityscape is very engaging and you look up and everything's so detailed what what's the actual story of it i, I know very little about cyberpunk i think this is part of my problem there isn't a massive storyline, certainly not that I've encountered so far. There's your main mission, but there isn't this... You know when you're playing Red Dead 2 and it's like, this is your family, your team, and these are the characters that you interact with, um, and you're doing these missions, this is your life, yeah. you know? I've designed my character in Cyberpunk, and, you know, I've got an apartment... And you've got this life that you're living, but 
that's that's just what it feels like. It just feels this is the life that I'm living. Maybe it's too open. And I don't like being railroaded into a story. I like a bit of sandbox, you know. But it, I don't know, maybe it's too open and I need that bit of hard story to keep me interested. Because um, I tried to play it the other day and I thought, oh, I'll have a look at a couple of the side missions. And it felt like a chore and I just wasn't really interested in it. And I really thought I would be because I like this whole cyberpunk idea Um you know because it is based on the role-playing game isn't it yeah uh, i mean i've never played that so i don't know um so i can't compare it it's not one i've played that came out in 80 late 80s i want to say oh wow old old then yeah there's obviously been a few revisions of it yeah yeah um but it's like i'm i feel like i'm struggling to talk about it because i'm just not that bowled over by it visually it's really good um i enjoy looking at it um and the missions that i've done um they are they push me enough because there's things that i don't know how to do that i have to figure out and it's not all just shooting all the time you know there there is thought puzzly type things you've got to figure this out um i mean maybe some of the things that I haven't figured out yet, like crafting um, and why it's necessary to, I don't know, collect ashtrays and break them down for their parts or whatever. Um, it's not been explained enough to me. So there's all this stuff that I want to understand um, that I don't feel like I get yet. And I'm playing the game, but I don't really get what I'm doing. Um, just going through the motions yeah that that is a really good description that's exactly how i feel um and it just feels a bit disappointing because i really thought this was going to be another you know suck me into it game and i'd you know quite happily disappear for a couple of hours in this world and really enjoy playing it and interacting with it and i'm just kind of not so I'll I'll keep at it a bit, but I am I don't know I don't quite get. What about it. if it was virtual reality? That I think would massively add to it because as I as I said a, a couple of weeks ago, I don't like first person games. I prefer third person, and this is first person, and you can't change it. And I've got used to it, but I can imagine if you add. Uh, a virtual reality helmet on it would look stunning because you have yeah. got that much detail and you have to do a couple of car journeys and it's seamless and it looks really really good you know you're sat in the back of the car there's some gangster truck talking to you and the windows of the car everything's just perfectly seamless it looks you know as real as it ever could be but the actual gameplay i'm just not I'm not feeling it at the minute. <laughs> um, I'm not going to give up on it yet. Um, I will. Uh, I will keep trying to see if it grabs me. Uh, is the other half enjoying it? Um, he's sort of in the same boat a little bit. Um, I mean, he doesn't have as much time uh, to play it at the moment because he's always working on his uh, YouTube channel, Planet Forty K. Um, <laughs> so when he does get an opportunity to play it, he does. But I think he's just not feeling that grip either, you know. Um, but I'll stick at it. I shall I shall update you should, should the uh, situation change. It will be up for sale in two months' time. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that's that's the other thing. Um, you know, you can just like buy the game online and uh, download it rather than buying the physical disc. And I've sort of swayed between which I think is the better option because, frankly, getting off my arse to put uh, Red Dead 2 in. Please insert the disc. Fuck off! I've got to get up, you know? Um, so having it just as something that I can go, click, play game, um, is very nice. But then obviously I can't sell it. You see, having it online is better for the environment. There's no plastic packaging. There's no production costs but for me as a collector i like the physical media of it i like to be able to hold it in my hands and yeah if if playstation go you now don't own that you don't (laughs) own it and i don't like being at the mercy of playstation or whoever going yeah you now Um, don't own that yeah uh, well, like saying they're not updating things. If you buy a game and they don't update it and then your game doesn't work anymore. A couple of years ago, I think, I started buying some films on Amazon. And, you know, just the, the streaming version. Um, and we built up a, a, a smallish catalogue. Um, I mean, it pisses me off that I bought the Star Wars collection on Amazon and then Disney Plus happened and the stream is far superior on the Disney Channel. But it is that little bit of, okay, I've bought these virtual DVDs um, on Amazon. What if yeah. Amazon, you know, I don't think Amazon's going to go bust anytime soon, but you know what I mean? It's like, what happens if the company is gone? It's like, I've got 20 films on your service but what if your service doesn't exist anymore how yeah how is that a thing whereas if i buy the dvd it's in a box it's on my shelf it's a tough one it's there and it's mine so i don't know the world is changing <laughs> we were on about cyberpunk yeah yeah the thing with cyberpunk i think why i was like so interested in it in the first place um, is this like, you know, sci-fi, uh, Blade Runner-y type, big tech um, corporations over the government type thing? And there are things like that sort of filtering in at the minute. Um, all this business with Trump, freedom of speech, Twitter, Facebook, what can you say, what can't you say? And they are basically like private companies, but they have so much influence now. It's, I don't, I don't want to say it's like, oh, it's dangerous, but then it kind of is because all the crap that's been spread about coronavirus and fake news and what have you. It isn't completely because um, I think Facebook will just feed feed you information that it thinks you want to see. Yeah. And if you show one little interest in some far-right organisation, it's then going to go, well, look, you might be interested in this, and then it's just going to hook its claws in and suck you in. Yeah. Um, Um, I know we bang on about conspiracy theories, but that's where most of it seems to come from. Yeah, definitely. Um, There isn't... It's kind of a a hate-breeding hate. There is an actual word for that, which obviously I can't remember... Um, we got the whole Cambridge Analytica <laughs> thing where, you know, they managed to pretty much convince everyone that we wanted Brexit. Yeah. Um, um, you know, they've managed to get Trump in. When you, when you only see 
information that already plays to your current um interests um it obviously becomes I, I, I keep avoiding the word dangerous but it very clearly is dangerous if you believe in one certain thing and then all the rest of the information you're getting is saying yes 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 then your outlook on life is skewed because you're not getting the real picture you're just getting more of your yeah. own opinion and your brain likes that because you want to be right it's backing you up yeah 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 it's, it's telling you that everything you think is right is yeah, right and yeah. those people are agreeing with you and it's it's crazy yeah um i always try to force myself to watch things and listen to people that i know i don't like or i know i disagree with just to try and get some balance sometimes um I mean, I still may not agree with them at the end of it, <laughs> but ju just to have different voices, um, especially like during lockdown, um, because you're at home and you can just, you know, dictate the shows that you watch and the information that you receive. And when you've got Facebook narrowing your field of vision even more, it's just too easy to not see what you know, is really going off, I think. I think as well, we don't have it so much over here, but if you look at the news outlets in America, mm. a lot of them peddle what they think you should be hearing. Yeah. When I was over there, I was watching some of them, and I was just like, I couldn't ever imagine this over here. Yeah. I know sometimes the BBC is a bit, or sometimes this newspaper heads a bit that way or this way. And Yeah. But it was just so in your face. And well... Oh, it's unbelievable. I, I was watching... Fox News over yeah. there. Yeah. You know, just, you know, how pro-Trump they yeah. were. Um, I, I was watching something on... You know, I, I do favour BBC News. Um, I You know, I think that there is still trust within the BBC. They're probably not what they used to be and everybody is flawed and everybody has an agenda somewhere because funding comes from somewhere. But I do still give them some level of credit. Um, and they were covering a story about why why people are voting for Trump and how people they got how they got their information, and because America is such a completely different country to ours, I think it's hard for us to imagine. But there's vast rural communities, and they only get their information in one specific way. So it might be watching Fox News or reading whatever paper they have or whatever. Um, so they don't have this, you know, wide field of vision, this diverse um, access to information. And if the only information you're getting, you know, if they don't use the internet and what have you, they've just got this one news channel that they watch, that's their truth. So they're not going to go out and fight to find something else. So when you've got Twitter and Facebook in charge of the information, you've now got a private company telling us what our truth is, basically, which is, I don't even, well, clearly the governments don't know how to manage it. I mean, in one respect, freedom of speech, you should be allowed to say whatever the hell you want. Otherwise, it's not freedom of speech, is it? And you've got to have the good with the bad, the negative with the positive, the things that you don't agree with. 
But then if you're the president of America and you're talking a load of bollocks and people are going to listen to it and believe it and then act on it, how are you allowed to censor that? And I don't think anybody knows how. And that's why everything's in it. It's a very difficult tightrope. You've got the freedom of speech, but I don't mind people saying what they want. I just don't particularly want to hear racist or sexist slurs. it's, It's difficult. I mean, you should have the right to be racist or homophobic or sexist if you want in your own world, if that's your choice. But to then put that out there and people will look up to you and then emulate that behaviour, it's like, how do you say what's wrong? Um, And I think the only way you can deal with it is to be forced to have this, you know, I keep saying it, this wide field of vision. (laughs) That's the only way I can think of describing it. You know, if you've got the 10 opinions and you listen to all the voices, then at least you've got a chance to figure out what's right for yourself rather than just the one voice. So over there as well, you've got the country is vast. I know people that live in... New York and California, and there's like 5,000 miles between them. Yeah. And you have to remember that New York to London's like 5,000 miles. Yeah. And they're like, I live on the west side. I don't really care what's going on in California. It doesn't affect me. It's probably hard for for us to understand as a, as a little island. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's just crazy. But from a, you know, a more sci-fi fantasy perspective, that idea of the the corporations being in charge i do wonder i mean again it, it probably matters what, what country you live in um when there's going to be this crossover of who is actually sort of in charge um like today there was a story um uh, you your normal shops like tesco or walmart or whatever um they're complaining that online retailers aren't paying enough tax say amazon is just so powerful you know and i i use amazon all the time i'm like take my money you're going <laughs> to deliver this tomorrow take it take it <laughs> and it's like the the government now how far do they push what when do they have the last say do they always have the last say or does amazon become so rich and so important that they effectively buy the government you know i mean governments receive funding now anyway so i don't think they buy the government i think what you'd find is we'll use amazon as an example and i think you'd find that they um they just pull out I think that governments give these companies tax breaks to try and as an incentive to come here. Yeah. And I think you'd find that Amazon would just go, you're okay. we're not having an Amazon UK. Because I didn't know that they don't have Amazon in Norway. Do they not? No. Um, I think if people in Norway want Amazon, it's easier for them to order from us, from Amazon UK, than say like Amazon Germany or somewhere. There is no Amazon Norway. Oh, okay. That's... Really interested in something that I did not know. Why? Why is the Norwegian government basically told them? I think it's because online shopping isn't as I'm trying to think of a posh word of saying big prevalent. That's the one prevalent. Isn't as prevalent <laughs> in Norway than it is here. Okay. 
I'm bloody awful, me. It's like, oh, I need a light bulb. Amazon. Ding, ding. Coming tomorrow. Job done. I can't help myself. The trouble is, though, I measure everyone else by Amazon. I mean, they must have one hell of a logistical team. Mm. Because I order stuff and I'm like, where is it? It's 24 hours later. I need it now. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I, I do feel bad um because you know like the the town uh, the towns are dying you know in uh, in England and I, I visited my hometown obviously before all the lockdown and that and I've not been for a long time because I've moved around the country quite a bit and I went back home and I visited my hometown and it was just it was awful the shops they're all shut up and it just it just felt really cold and empty and this is where I sort of, you know, spent my formative years <laughs> bobbing about. But that's where the local councils have got it wrong. They should be, you know, you've got your Tesco's and your out-of-town retailers. But if they were to lower council tax and business yeah. rates for the shops in the centre, you could have some real small independent shops. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think they are trying round here. Um and I think, you know, like, say, York um, is full of lots of wonderful little independent retailers. But that's got the tourist attraction. It does. Um, but I think it's, well, either that or restaurants, in it? I mean, we still need services, <laughs> hairdressers. She says, I really need a bloody hairdresser. God. <laughs> Cool. It's like, oh, there's people dying. I need a dresser. But there's too many UK towns as well that are just high street clones of each other. Yeah. You go in, you go to Clinton's, you go to Boots, you go to yeah. whatever they are on the high street, and they're all identical. Yeah. It has to be a destination, doesn't it, I think, to try and revive. You need to want to go, and it's no good people saying, you know, oh, go to town to buy your light bulb because we're not going to. Um, the I think the human condition. Uh, there was a, a pict- pictorial reference of like a square of grass, and there's a path all the way around it. People will walk across the grass to get from the bottom left corner to the top right hand corner. You know what I mean? We're not going to walk around. Depends how muddy well. it is. <laughs> what shoes i've got on (laughs) shut up you know uh, that's what people do we can't help ourselves and you can be oh yeah i want to support my local blah 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 but eventually you know amazon will win well they've already run one to be quite honest it's like the local gaming store yeah i'll look at the D &D books and it'll be like i want to support yeah but they're 30 odd quid i can get it for 25 it's a a bugger isn't it and it it annoys me because I, we play there and I want to support them. I'd but... rather make like more of a direct donation, I think, or like the entrance fee to get in or something, because I don't think my brain can cope with, oh, buy this, it's more expensive here, but you being a good person, it's like, no, buy cheap, buy cheap. <laughs> it's just like, oh, can't help yeah. it. Although I do have to say, I wish Amazon would look after their books. Oh, well, they don't. The times I've got them and the corners are dented and they're just obviously just shoved on a warehouse shelf. And it's like, oh, no, I can't (laughs) do a bit better. He's he's keeping this for years, you know. (laughs) But 
if you can, support your friendly local yes, gaming definitely, store. definitely, definitely. But he's stepped down, hasn't he? Uh, Jeff Bezos. He has indeed. worth a million squillion pounds. But he started the business in his garage, apparently. I remember when Amazon was just CDs and books. I can remember going on Amazon and it was literally just mm. like a text website and you just scrolled down and it was just a list of books. Wow. Boy done good. He made squillions. Yes. <laughs> but his rocket program isn't as good as Elon Musk's. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, he's got a rocket company. I don't think they've even made it into space yet. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. No, I have seen a few bits of... Um, Elon Musk. Uh, Elon Musk, is that his name? Elon Musk. That's a funny bloody name, isn't it? Um, sorry, Mr. Elon Musk. I'm not taking the I piss. I doubt he's listening. Probably think my name's funny. He's <laughs> 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 got spies everywhere. I've just bought some off Amazon. They're probably, you know, Alexa's listening to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I love all that uh, rocket business. The idea that um, you know one day you could literally like buy a flight to space—that just oh god! If I can do that before I die. Having seen his latest launch, I don't think I'd bother. <laughs> well, not now, but <laughs> well, I haven't got long left. <laughs> You're not that chuffing old. <laughs> will there be an age limit? Although Branson's supposed to be going up soon, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He had it, didn't he have a different system? His looked more like the old-fashioned shuttle. Was it not more of a not sending you to the moon or whatever? It was just flying. Yeah, I think it was like a high altitude thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can see the curvature of the Earth and finally shut up all these fucking flat earthers. Oh Christ! Oh no, because then you, then you've got the glass dome conspiracy. Have you not seen the videos where oh, there's pictures no. of rockets being launched? Don't send me any more videos. <laughs> don't. Just don't. <laughs> I spent... I had a cold cup of tea this afternoon, right? After our UFO discussion last week. And what were you talking about? Summit Manor. Rudlow. Rudlow, yeah. Um, Rudlow Manor. Is it Rudlow Manor? So I thought, oh, you know, I'll, I'll have a little crack so I know what I'm talking about should the uh, conversation come up. There, there weren't that many videos. The first one I watched, if it, well, it's uh, the apparent, there's UFO sightings around this place in England, um, Rudlow Manor, and it's all locked up and there's military police and it was a military base. Yes, World War Two RAF base. Yeah, okay. So I'm having a look on YouTube at a couple of videos just to see what the crack is. The first video that I put on, um, it was clearly a, a bit of a jokey documentary. There was this woman in an alien suit and she fell off her. <laughs> I thought, OK, I'll click off, find a different one that's a little bit more serious. You know, I try not to judge, but um, certain demographic of... Uh, bloke that uh, clearly looks like he's got nothing better to do um going on an adventure with his mates um into these uh underground tunnels i don't know it looked a bit like a like a quarry type um idea and this video there was like an hour of him going through these tunnels and it actually came up with it if you want to get to the good bit fast forward an hour <laughs> so <laughs> I thought, well, I'll just have a look. So I did a little bit and a little bit, and I thought, oh, fuck this, I'm going an hour. 
So I skipped all this walking and they're obviously chuntering away as uh, they're doing the walking. So I missed quite a lot of the chatter. But they were talking about a group called 28 Days Later, which is some sort of urban explorer group, which I found because I obviously, you know, Googled it. So I'm like, what are they talking about? So let's have a look. I'm assuming that's to do with the film 28 Days Later. Yeah, yeah, I should assume, which is a cracking film, by the way. And I put that as my favourite zombie film, even though they're not actually zombies if you're being technical, but fuck it, it's a zombie film in I my book. I don't know if I've seen it. Have <gasps> you not? I don't know. Oh, it's got um, Killian Murphy, Cillian Murphy, I don't know how you say his name. Um, Still not ringing any days. It is really, really good film. Um I just said it's still not ringing any days because I'm looking at 28 days later <laughs> on the website. I didn't catch you. Know. I'm going to edit that and say that's not ringing any bells. Um, but yeah, so that went down that little rabbit hole. I don't just talk like this normally. I do it all day in my own head. I'm like, oh, rabbit hole, rabbit hole, rabbit hole. Um, and then there's obviously some beef, right, between this 28 Days Later crew and the guys that made this video, um, I think they called themselves the EWF, but they didn't actually say that. Um, they just got to this um, gate in the middle of this underground tunnel and it said something like, fuck off EWF. And that was them. And I'm like, oh, EWF. Well, give that a Google. Right, what's EWF? And I came up with all sorts, some... Ethiopian Food Foundation. Oh, it's not that, is it? Um, and the European... Earth, wind and fire. <laughs> yeah, earth, wind and fire. That was the first thing that came up. Um, some welding federation. And I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling. I'm like, well, this has got nothing to do with UFOs and secret military bases. Um, and then I actually found it... Uh, there was a forum of um, people that go caving and it was like this, you know, be warned, um, the EWF are a rogue group. Um, it actually stands for, I've forgotten, Exploring with Fighters, which is a weird-ass name for a group. <laughs> Exploring with Fighters. Are you... Going with is fighters not the is it a YouTube? I think it was a YouTube. Yeah, channel, yeah, wasn't it? they've got a YouTube channel, and, it, and I think like fighters was just the bloke who presented its name. Oh, okay. Oh, there was actually a reason. So, it'd be for like it exploring then. with Haley, exploring with Mike is what I kind of thought it was. Oh, okay. I might let him off then, because failing that, it's like where the what the fuck did you come up with that for? And they're, they're really clickbaity and sensationalist and the police are coming, the police are coming, you know. Um, but they were like being openly homophobic on this video. It was, I think homophobic is the wrong word. It was like teenage boy homophobia. They, they got load, a load of bricks and they wrote on the floor um, 28 gays later as like an insult to this other group. Yeah. And these men are these men are like they certainly weren't younger than thirty, so we'll say as an average age they're in their forties. And I just thought, oh my god, what am I watching? I I, I stuck with the video because I wanted to see what happened. 
But I just thought, what a bunch of knobheads. And I've got a cup of tea here that's gone cold. <laughs> and I've just, like, wasted, like, half an hour of my life. And then you don't see anything anyway. They get to this red door and there's a camera. He, he were making this big point about them there being really loud fans behind the door. Oh, that's what he thought it sounded like. And when I think of something to do with that, I think of computers... So I don't know, maybe the, it's a secret underground bunker where lots of information is stored or something and they've got some big-ass fans calling all the computers, I don't know. A, a big military server. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of... That could be, like, a real thing. They don't necessarily have to have a bloody alien ship under there with some twats from some random town that ain't got anything better to do when they're all going on a bloody boys' day out because pubs closed or something. Oh, it was just awful. And they take themselves far too seriously. <laughs> oh, God. But, um, yeah, so don't send, don't send me any, down any more rabbit holes like that because I'll just get annoyed. Oh, there's, there's, there's millions of them. <laughs> I know. I know. They, I like knowing what all these things are, you know, because uh, I think you need, you need to have no, an awareness of these things to have a proper conversation with somebody like all this QAnon and other business, you know. I, I like to have an awareness of what they are. I saw a really interesting news story today. Um, the myth and reality of the super soldier. I don't know if you know much about that. No. I'll just read this bit. Is China trying to make its own version of Captain America? US intelligence has suggested so. But beyond the hype, the possibility of a super soldier is not so outlandish and one that not just China is interested in. Apparently, um, Obama started something up uh when he was in power um and in 2014 he told journalists basically i'm here to announce that we're building iron man and it was like a serious project um looking into um protective suits um tactical assault light operator suit talos huh jason and the argonauts I wonder. <laughs> so, I mean, we've done this whole episode of big evil <laughs> mega corporations and we've not even touched on Wayland. Wayland. Why do I know what that uh, is? From Alien. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, that is, yeah, I, I, I think I mentioned that in a, in a previous episode as well, um, that there is this sort of utopian Star Trek Next Generation idea, but these great big freighter, freighter ships... Um, sort of a bit more dirty and grotty in uh, companies like Wayland, whatever. Um, I think that's that's much more probable, sort of, sadly, honestly. Well, to be honest, I see it going more the way of by and large on Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd prefer that. Strap me to a chair, feed me burgers and put a virtual reality helmet <laughs> on me. And... Apparently, I, I googled it for this episode. And the public face of By and Large, it was originally a frozen yogurt manufacturer. By and Large expanded over the years until it acquired literally every other business and organization on Earth. Mm-hmm. Its primary concern was ensuring humanity's right to spend, spend, spend. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? That rounds it all up quite perfectly, really. By and Large might not have been an 
might not have had evil intentions, but the consequences of its monopolization are dire. Earth becomes a rubbish-covered wasteland, even after all of by and large's shareholders are long dead. Its presence endures as blaring adverts champion non-existent products. You have summed it up perfectly. By and large, or as it's known in real life, Amazon. <laughs> With their awful packaging, when you buy the tiniest little thing and it comes in this big, massive, non-recyclable, jiffy envelope. Did, did you know, just before we bring this to a close, that we have a serious packaging shortage currently? Do we? We do. Because everybody's having everything delivered off Amazon, there is a massive cardboard box shortage. I'd best order the bits I want quickly then. So yeah, once again, that was our briefly touched upon mega corporations and we're going to wrap it up here. So like us on Facebook at Nerdbunker Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NerdbunkerPod. Uh, you can sign up and help support the channel on the patreon.com website. You can find us under Nerdbunker Podcast. Uh, please get in touch with it. In touch with it. In touch with us. Let me let it that bit out. Please get in touch with us. And thank you for listening, and I'll catch you next week. Bye. See you later, losers. <laughs> Intro music is Battle Theme by Kamiku and is used under Creative Commons Zero License. All copyrights are property of their holders, and everything else belongs here in the bunker. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram at NerdBunkerPod and like us on Facebook. Please leave a review as it really helps them out. Thank you for listening. We're all doomed, I tell you, doomed. <laughs>